Welcome back to the Whole Person Podcast. I am your host, Evan Herman. And today I have coach Frank Rich. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to live a life being healed from a specific addiction that a lot of men struggle with. I know for myself, I've struggled with that addiction when I was in sixth grade and then I saw success and then I saw failures and then I saw success and then I saw failures and it's the addiction of pornography. So if you're interested in learning some tactics about how to fight the fight against pornography, you're not going to want to miss this episode. Frank, welcome to the show. How are you? Evan, my brother, grateful uh, to be here, man. I'm doing great. Thankful. Uh, thank you for having me on. You bet. Well, for starters, I love the mustache. It's pretty awesome. I saw some photos of you with the beard, and I, I, I got to tell you, the trademark is in your mustache. And that's exactly why. That's exactly why we. I say we. I made. <laughs> I made the decision to change. I feel like you know. I'm. I. I went from a mediocre beard. It was okay, right? You know, it, it it carried some a little bit of depth to it. What it lacked, though, is that thickness, like that you'll just see some of these like real burly men have. Like if it was a super windy day, man. It's it's flowing in the wind. I was just like, I don't like it. It didn't it it didn't have the masculine edge that I was always seeking. And I'm like, you know what, man? My dad, like, he rocked a mustache pretty much my entire life growing up, and I carry a lot of the same facial structure as he does. And this was, you know, almost two years ago now, man, like mustaches were kind of slowly making a comeback. You'd see them every once in a while. I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in and it's become a staple, man. You know, I get some pushback, obviously, you know, kind of the haters online, which for me, I'll take a comment uh, on any social media platform. I don't care what it's about, but you know, I always get the pushback. Like, who are you talking about anti-porn? You got a porn stash and all these things. I was like, so it's, 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 it's interesting. I've actually had clients ask me if I'm doing it on purpose. And I don't believe that I'm doing it on purpose as far as the porn addiction thing, but as an internet marketer and somebody that has spent, you know, the last five, six years understanding marketing, how to build a brand, how to build a message. There's a famous saying by Dan Kennedy. He was like the OG in the internet marketing space. Those that have recognizable facial features will make more money. And I've seen a direct impact since going to the mustache and the increasing of our uh, top and bottom lines versus when I had the, the beard. So there's some credit there, I, I, I believe. But yeah, it's, it's like a secondary mission that I have now outside of helping men overcome pornography. We're trying to make stashes great again across, across the globe here. I love it, man. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, so Frank, obviously a lot of men struggle with pornography and you have decided to pick up this fight as a career. And so my question to you is what led you to the process of like, you know, I need to help men overcome this addiction. Yeah, great question, Evan. And, you know, when I look back over these last three and a half, four years for now, a number one, I wish it was a decision that I made. I don't feel that was the case. And I don't really look at it as a career. I don't think I've had a career 
probably since I was about 27, 28, when I was working in corporate America. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for, for 10 plus years now, um, building multiple businesses, some successes, many more failures though on, on, on that front. Um, but for me, where I'm operating from now, I believe is in my calling. Um, so how did I get here? I had to, I had to fix myself first. And I think it was in the process of me fixing myself, overcoming my own addiction, uh, realizing that I had made a lot of bad choices and, 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 and bad decisions, but those decisions didn't needed, didn't need to define me. Um, so when I got on the other side of my porn addiction back in 2019, so I struggled with it for, you know, like, like many men, right? You know, I'm 39 years old. I was introduced to it at six years old. It became a major problem though, for me, in my 20s. So I, I lived through, you know, my childhood and teenage years without high streaming internet, um, just for a little bit of context for the audience out there. So it wasn't until I was 21, 22 that we really had any type of smartphones. I mean, this is even going back into like the Blackberry days pre iPhone, but it became a really big problem back then a because now I'm out on my own. And here's this new technology and this porn thing that has been a part of my life through high school, but now I have it readily available everywhere I go. So not to draw that part of the story out there too long, but it became a major, major part of my life through my entire 20s and even into my early 30s. I mean, we're talking daily, many times and multiple times a day. Oftentimes I would avoid public situations. I would, I worked in a mall. So I worked in a shopping mall in my early 20s. I was a district, a regional sales trainer for, for a T-Mobile company. So traveling through the state of Florida, going to all these different malls, I knew where the private restrooms were. Um, so if I was having a bad, stressful day, I could easily go up to a Dillard's or to a Nordstrom, isolate myself in a private bathroom, watch some pornography release, and then kind of feel like, okay, now I can kind of return back. So that was the depth of the problem for me. Um, but when I gave my life to Christ in 2018, October 22nd, 2018, that was really the genesis for me beginning to change my life. So the next four or five months, um, I really began to evaluate the things I was doing. Was I walking in alignment? Was I actually walking out as the person that I was telling people that I was? And I had this real awakening moments where I was trying to build uh, an online fitness company, putting a lot of content, YouTube, social media. We're trying to help men, you know, become better versions of themselves through physical training. But layered through my message, obviously we're helping guys build more muscle, get more lean, get more jacked, whatever it was. But there's always this personal development kind of message integrated into it that if you build your body up, you can become the best version of yourself. And I remember Evan, like battling with this, like I'm looking in the mirror every single day. And it's like, you need to go out there and tell the world to become the best version of yourself, but you're not the best version of yourself. So I had this cognitive dissonance that I had to like fully break out of. And I know any man that is struggling with a pornography addiction and isn't working through it, isn't having conversations regularly, is feeling the same thing. There's parts about you that you're probably not happy with. There's parts about you that you don't wanna share with other people. That creates a layer of shame and you will never find freedom if, if, if you're not openly discussing this. So February 14th, 2019, I made a series of radical choices and decisions and began to recruit the accountability in my life that I needed. I was very fortunate and blessed to have some amazing men in my life. But the next three, four months, seven, you know, my life radically changed. 
you know, I had succeeded, you know, in the world through bodybuilding, through, you know, a couple business ventures. Like, so from the outside, people would be like, yeah, Frank kind of had some stuff together, but there's always these secrets. There's always these secrets. When I started to work through this and when I started to get on the other side of this, my brain rebooted, rehealed. I began to see the world a whole lot different. I'm like, people need to hear about this, Evan. People need to know that there was this guy that was chasing high performance, that had had some success, had generated millions of dollars in his businesses, had reached the top of, you know, physical perfection in the world of bodybuilding had done some other things but was also struggling he needed to know that that person or the world needed to know that that guy could struggle with a porn addiction what about everybody else you know what about the guys that haven't spent 20 years studying personal development or high performance and what about the guys that maybe don't have a circle of friends like i did they need to hear that this doesn't have to have full control over them so in July of 2019, I started a podcast that was called The Superman Life. The original mission behind that was simply to put my story out there into the world and bring other people's on so we could talk about how they overcome struggles, challenges, addictions, whatever it was. The podcast gained some quick traction. I mean, we were recognized in the first six weeks by Apple as new and noteworthy, uh, beginning to land, you know, some decent sized guests started to build some traction. About four or five months into that, Evan, I'm getting a lot of messages. You know, I had been receiving messages online socially for for years now. I was running a fitness company, so guys would message me all the time. Thank, thank you for your workouts. Thank you for your bicep tips. I've never been this jacked. I'm losing weight. All these great things about how their body was changing. But when I started having the conversations on the podcast, it was no longer think, thank you for your fitness stuff. It was Frank, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your willingness to have the conversation that most people won't. And then shortly after that, the messages started to come for help. And it was Frank, can you help me? I'm struggling with this and I don't know where to go. You seem to have yourself under control and you seem to know what it's gonna take for me. So can you help me? And at first it wasn't something I was interested in pursuing. I was running a large marketing agency at the time. We were having a lot of success and I kind of felt like I was operating uh, from a place that I was having a lot of you know value to the world. I was leading a very large team. But as more and more messages came and as the people in my life around me started to push me, Frank, you went through what you went through to put yourself in a position where you can help others. Uh, so on January 28th of 2020, um, as a marketer, I did like a soft marketing test through social media, simply saying, hey, I'm looking for five guys that are struggling with a problem in their life and are committed to doing what it takes to overcome this. Um, I said, I'll work with you for the next four months to help you, you know, get control of this, reboot, rewire your brain, and at the end of the day, begin to walk out and live a porn-free life. So that was kind of the initial launch. Uh, we had two guys enroll into our program that day, um, and those men really became the case study for what now has been our Reboot Your Life uh, core coaching program, which we've had hundreds of transformations, hundreds of success stories go through that. So long-winded answer there to, uh, to, to your question, but I don't think I made a decision. Um, I think I had to live my life, go through everything that I went through. And I truly feel like what I'm creating now is unique to me. There's not another person in the world that can stand in my shoes right now, have the conversations, coach, lead, and help men in the way that I do it. Because our program is different than anybody else's. There's an element of fitness. There's an element of faith. There's an element of personal development. There's an element of financial literacy. There's an element of, of entrepreneurship, all layered because that's me. So I bring myself to the world and level men, men up there. So yeah, that's, that's how awesome. we got here. So in this process, okay, there are plenty of men that you've encountered that struggle with porn along the way. And on the other side of the stereo here are men listening to this like, okay, 
what do I do to start my recovery process? I know for me, there have been times of shame. There's been times of guilt. There's been times of accountability. It's been all over the map. And I can't imagine that I am alone in that. And so for the guys that have, I guess, maybe said, you know what, I'm going to just probably accept this as a part of my life. How do we challenge that lie that it doesn't have to be a part of your life? And then maybe some of the next steps that they should consider taking. Yeah, man, there's, there's a lot tied up in that question there. I think what you just said though, is the biggest thing that holds most of the men back that never find true freedom from this. And I'd almost push back to you. Like really, you're so special in this world that you think that you're never going to be able to get out of this. Like what makes you that person that this is going to be a part of your life? A, a number one, did you come into the world addicted to pornography? Did your mother birth a baby that had a pornography addiction? No. So to say that you need it and it's a part of your life is just you accepting that. You're not that's willing a, to that's fight. A, yeah, that's a, that's a limiting, you know, victim victim mindset victim mentality I, I i see so many men now i understand it right this thing is this thing is massive we don't understand the depths and severity of what's happening we're living through an experiment right now evan and that's what we have to understand the internet in the stage and pornography where it's at today has literally been with us less than 20 years so we don't understand how it's impacting the brain to a certain extent we do, but we don't fully understand it. We don't understand what it's doing to young men. We don't understand what it's doing to young women. We don't do understand what it's doing to society at large. So to think that, because we know that, that men have succeeded. I have a story, you have a story. We have hundreds of successful stories. We have thousands through all of our affiliates and everybody that we've worked with. Men are finding freedom every single day. So if you're gonna accept that you can't, that's you placing a limiting belief in and on yourself. Now, I can tell you, if you're struggling with some of the things you mentioned at the beginning, right? The shame, the guilt, all these feelings of like, why can't I work through this? What is so-and-so going to think about me? The first thing you have to do is admit it to yourself. There's a problem in your life, and the problem is you. Stop pointing the finger to pornography and say, this thing is bigger than me, and realize that there's inadequacies in you. There's inadequacies in your ability to self-regulate, to self-manage, to make proper choices and decisions. I believe watching a pornography is a choice that is always made. You either choose to watch it or you choose when you're triggered and the urges are, are rising not to watch it. So the men that are struggling with it realize every time you return back to the screen, it's a choice that's being made. So you wanna change that, start making better choices. Well, how do you get past that shame though that you're feeling with? Admit it to yourself. And I think the next step has to be admitting it to somebody else. Once you find a person to recruit them into your life and say, hey, this thing I've been struggling with no longer has power over me because I'm sharing it with you. Because what happens with shame, right, is it's us thinking like there's something wrong with us. Shame is basically you telling yourself you're a bad person. I can't tell Evan about my porn addiction because he's going to judge me. He's going to judge Frank. He's not going to judge the addiction. He's going to judge Frank on what Frank is doing. That's where shame gets into play. But if you can find the right person, if I can trust in Evan and feel that he's going to provide a safe place for me, and all I simply say was, hey, you know what, Evan, 
I've been struggling with an addiction to pornography for, for 10 plus years now. I don't know how I'm gonna get over it. I don't know how I ended up here, but I wanted to share that with you because I thought that maybe you would understand and maybe you could help me and have some conversations with me. Once you had that conversation and that brothers puts arms around you and says, you know what, man, I know what you've been struggling. I know what you've been going through because I've had to go with this in my own life as well. Now you lock arms with this guy and now it no longer holds power over you because somebody else knows about it as well. Now that's not going to fix a problem in and of itself, but that has to be the first step. But yeah, the limiting belief that you're speaking to, like, I'm never going to be able to break this. I'm never going to get out of this. This is always going to be a part of my life is what I see is the biggest thing holding most men back from trying finding true and absolute freedom. You talked about self-regulation and I, I came across one of your videos where you're talking about that. And I don't know how long ago it was. And I started thinking about that in terms of my own life. And I started seeing many areas where I have not done a good job of being able to self-regulate. And it even goes down to food, which is why I like your fitness aspect in, in this process. And then I even took this a step further. It's like, okay, well, when I, why don't I spend as much time reading the Bible or praying and spending time with God? And I realized because, because I don't get the dopamine or serotonin hit that I'm looking for when I pursue my relationship with God. Like I didn't feel anything when I was doing that. And so the more times I've done that and I didn't get that ooey gooey feeling, the less desirable that connection with God has become. And so what I've realized in my life is that I am chasing dopamine and serotonin in many areas of my life. And I'm not, I have not learned how to regulate. I'm trying to learn how to regulate them in a positive way versus, versus pull away from something that's good for me or to turn to something that isn't. One area that I've really, one area that I'm really working in, in a good way is I'm now taking ice baths and not saying that that, you know, changes every aspect of life. But if I want a dopamine hit, that's, that's an area that, you know what, if I need a dopamine hit right now and I feel like crap, I'm just going to jump in a 50 degree bucket of ice right now of water and ice. So how do people start recognizing areas that they need to self-regulate in? Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel that you don't know your gifts and your talents? You feel like your past is somewhat holding you back? Well, I have a coaching program called Your One Degree. Well, we help you find the skills that drive your life and that give you energy. And we also identify the things that also drag you down so you know how to stay away from them. We help you rewrite your past and the stories and the lies that you've told yourself so that you can break through the things that are holding you back and stuck. We find the truths and we find the nuggets and life lessons throughout your life that help us indicate what are good potential possibilities in your future. And then we also help you locate your skills and abilities and people that you're called to serve. If this is a coaching program that you would seem interested in, I want to help you because I've been there myself and I want you to break free from feeling stuck in life. Go ahead and reach out to us, evan at evanherman.com, E-V-A-N at E-V-A-N-H-E-R-R-M-A-N.com for 
the program, Your One Degree. Thank you so much. And back to the show. Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, and I would say for you, you know, hey, number one, we should never be looking at God to feel ooey gooey. You know, exactly. we, should be, we should be seeking him for peace because um, that's the only place that we're ever going to truly, truly get that. And I don't think peace and ooey gooey operate in the same realm. Um, now, maybe there can be hits of dopamine with seeking God, but it's got to be so. So the seeking of God has to be aligned with a bigger vision and a bigger goal. So if you understand dopamine, dopamine is a chemical, is a neuromodulator that is designed and is meant to drip out when we're in their pursuit. This is naturally, not when it's been hijacked from drugs or pornography, but naturally the chemical dopamine is meant to be dripped out and released when we're in the pursuit of goals. So as somebody that spent, you know, 10 plus years as a bodybuilder, right? I would set goals, you know, I would go 12, 16, 20 weeks with a very clear objective goal. We're aiming to get this weight at this body fat percentage in this time period so I could compete at this show. So it was very clear objective of what we were working towards. Then every day when I made a choice and decision in the direction, whether it was going to the gym, meal prep, when I was denying myself of food or alcohol or avoiding certain situations, because I knew it didn't align with who I wanted to be, small hits of dopamine, right? Because I'm moving in the direction of the goals that I've set and established for myself. So maybe for you, and I'm sorry to, you know, kind of, kind of step no, in you, here, but it's really jumped yeah, out at me. If we were clear on how the time that we're seeking God is bringing us closer to the man or, or, or woman, whoever's listening to this, that we're trying to become. So if we could attach that seeking, if we could attach that prayer time to something bigger that we're working towards, other than just seeking God, right? I, and I do think we need to seek him, but we seek him for peace, not for the ooey gooey. But if we want the ooey gooey, align that seeking with something bigger that we're working towards. So I'm going to seek God to maybe get some clarity on my business. I'm going to seek God to maybe hear his voice and should I pursue this, this woman, I'm going to seek God. So if, if we're seeking with an intention, maybe that can help, but that's just my, 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 my take on that. Yes. Now the question, God, in that perspective too, like, so something that I've been on this journey is when I've been seeking God for like a grand revelation, I guess that's what I mean by ooey gooey like this. Oh man, I walked out of that and I just feel so much life right now. Yeah. You know, and when that doesn't happen, that's when the dissatisfaction sets in. But I'm, I'm almost going to, I don't want to say counter what you're saying because I understand what you're saying for I, I like the idea of when you seek God, seek him with intention and, and have something specific for me. It's almost the opposite because when I try to put expectation on God to do something specific in, in that moment, then I'm coming to him with false pretenses in terms of relationship. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong. There's times to come to God to seek things, like you said, wisdom and direction and understanding. But I'm talking about relationship versus yeah, yeah, and I'm not I'm not here saying that what I'm saying is anywhere theologically accurate or correct. I was saying from a scientific standpoint, if you want a hit of dopamine in the act of seeking God, and I think expectations and intentions are two different things. I don't have any expectations of what God is going to provide for me because that's that's me living and operating out of my own ego, in my own will. And it's not mine. It's 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 his. So, but there can be intention behind it without expectations, I believe. But once again, 
like I'm not saying that there's there's any theological proof of what I just shared there, but from a from a standpoint of science and dopamine, if you right. can connect it somewhere, that may now obviously it's not going to make you feel ooey and gooey like. And I don't think watching pornography makes you feel ooey gooey, but that's obviously the no. the, the core you know discussion. Well, of the it, topic, might, right? it might make we you feel good. We understand it might make that, you feel gooey. Not the same gooey that we're talking about here, though. But I understand the rush of neurochemicals. I understand the rush that you do get. I don't think you're ever going to be able to replace that. That's why we have to look at pornography through the lens of drug, right? Because it creates a super normal, a super normal effect. If we try to go take that, what we get from pornography and say, how do I go get this in the real world? We're going to set ourselves up for failure because you're not going to be able to replicate that. But it's understanding that God has already given us everything we need. We don't need to go seek the ooey gooey, high super normal stimulus. If we seek him, find peace, he will give us the direction, clarity for what he wants out of our life. So let's talk about that peace and self-regulating. In the terms of peace, you know, I believe that that's in the person of Jesus. What would be... For someone who is struggling with peace, the first step or first several steps to truly start walking in it. Yeah, well, you said it right there, right? You know, peace is only going to be found, at least in my in my view, through through Jesus. Um, so connecting, you know, with with Christ, having a relationship with Him. Now. The peace is going to be found, though, in the seeking of the relationship and then the walking of alignment. So this is where I think a lot of I don't, I'm not exactly sure who the audience here, but I'm probably getting a lot of pushback here. So I see a lot of Christians like just massively fail because it's like they seek, they seek, they seek, they seek, they seek, but then they don't do. And it's like, I do believe and I understand the faith and I understand like what separates Christianity, what makes it different. It is already done. It's not a works, you know, filled religion, but we have to walk out properly because if we're not, then we're going to seek, but then we're doing different. And that's creating cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the opposite of walking in alignment. So you want peace, do the things you know you're supposed to do and stop doing the things you know you're not supposed to do. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like if you, if, if, if you every day woke up and did exactly what you knew you needed to do and avoided doing the things that you know you're not supposed to do, you would put your head on the pillow every single night in absolute peace. Yeah. And that, and that's talking about in the decisions that we make and addictions and habits and stuff like that. In other areas, with everything, is- with everything, not just addictions. Like, did you send the message that you know you're supposed to send? Did you reach out to the person? Did you actually pray for the person that you told them you were going to pray for, or did you just say it because that's what nice people say? It's 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 taking it everything a layer or two deeper. Like, did you when you looked at the mirror and you were naked this morning, were you upset with the way that your body looked? Well, then how did you live that out? Like, did you avoid eating the things that you didn't, that you know you weren't supposed to be eating? Did you go to the gym? So it's evaluating everything in your life. Are you doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing? Are you doing the things that you say you're going to be doing? Or are you saying and doing things and then living misaligned with all of that? That's where chaos comes from. I see what you're saying. So, so essentially what you're doing is you're living up to higher standards you've created a standard for your life yes and and that standard comes from christ first right uh but then you walk that standard out every single and day 
And when you choose not to walk that standard out, that's where your discontentment comes in from. Do you think it comes from anywhere else? Um, yes, I, I, I would say so. I think it's what you're saying and other things as well. I think circumstantially, people put their peace in their circumstances. That's playing a victim. Correct. But I think true peace is in spite of circumstances. Exactly. And, and that's the, not being a victim. The evidence that when, when I look at scripturally, remember when the disciples were in the boat in the Sea of Galilee and it was like crazy stormy and they thought they were going to drown. Jesus was asleep. And then Peter goes to him and like, hey, don't you care? We're going to die and wakes up, rebukes the storm. Well, we have that story. And then fat or rewind to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, who got thrown into the fiery furnace for not bending their knee to a golden statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. And not only did they not do that, but they also royally dissed him in the process saying, hey, we're not going to do this because we believe our God will save us. And even if he doesn't, we still won't bow our knee to your statue. Like, might drop against Nebuchadnezzar. And the difference is, one was afraid for their life and put their trust in their circumstances while they had the physical manifestation of Jesus. And the others who didn't have the physical manifestation of Jesus put their trust in God. And through that process, they were able to have peace because it wasn't in their circumstances. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't ever believe our circumstances uh, should have an impact on on our peace or not. Like that, that is that is living in a right. victim victim mindset. I don't think you need God to to wake up in the morning at the time that you said you're going to wake up. You know, I'm talking like basic fundamental things right. in life that most men don't do. I can guarantee. Once again, I don't know the audience personally, but I can guarantee sixty to seventy percent of the people listening to this right now, when that alarm clock goes off in the morning, they hit snooze. Okay, yep. that's not doing what you said you're gonna do. If you set an alarm clock for a specific time, whether that time was set because you had to be somewhere that was cast upon you from outside or it was your choice and decision. When you set that alarm, choice and decision, promise made to yourself. Now, the act of hitting snooze, whether it's rolled over and you did it unconsciously or you got up, walked over and hit the alarm clock and walked your ass back to bed, that is a choice. And it is a choice not in alignment with the previous choice and decision that you made. That person, in my opinion, will never find true and ultimate peace. And you don't need God, in my opinion, to get up when you said you want to go. I think sometimes we over, yeah. like, like we over challenge ourselves with the day-to-day -day decisions. If when you looked in the mirror this morning, you were not happy with yourself, you don't need God to not eat potato chips but you're going to seek comfort because potato chips feel good versus going to the gym and sacrificing what you put into your mouth. So once again, these are all simple choices and decisions that we make. Now, how does this tie to an addiction? Because a man that walks out every single day, a man that doesn't hit snooze, a man that fasts, a man that puts himself first, that builds his body, that puts service first for other people, that man will not seek meaningless pleasure in the pursuit of pornography. I love it. No, you, you are hitting the nail on the head with this. So the starting point, we talked about this a moment ago. Where would you say if a guy's just like, you know what? I'm listening to this and I want to make a change. I'd say one of the first things is definitely reach out 
to coach Frank and go through his program. But if for whatever reason, they're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. You already talked about a minute that you have a problem. You talked about getting accountability. Then what are the next things that someone can do physically to start changing their chemical balance of how they view other people like women? And then also doing the things they don't want to do when they don't want to do them. Yeah, we'll start small with, you know, the second part of that question, right? You know, begin to stack some small wins every single day, begin to seek out and do hard things. It doesn't need to be a cold plunge into 40 degree uh, ice, but a cold shower, you know, actually getting up at the time you said you're going to get up. If you've hit snooze every single morning for the last 12 years, trust me, it will be difficult the first time you do not hit snooze, but don't. And then recognize yourself and acknowledge, begin to acknowledge yourself when you make the choices and decisions that are aligned with who it is you're trying to become. Here's two though, right? So you've, you've admitted it to yourself, right? So you've said, hey, Frank, I had this porn addiction. You've been struggling with it for 20 years. You need to get some help. Then you seek out and you find the next person. Evan, I need to tell you something, man. I've been struggling for a really, really long time. This porn addiction has control over me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm seeking out some help, guidance, support, and accountability. Will you walk this journey with me? So now I've admitted it to myself. I've admitted it to, to the next person. The next step, I think, is make a clear vision for your life. We talked about taking steps in alignment with who it is we're trying to become. So if you've been struggling with a porn addiction, realize your current reality is that of a man that is struggling with a porn addiction. I believe the only way to overcome an addiction to pornography is to become the man that is no longer addicted to porn. And in that word become is a identity change that we must go through. All lasting transformational change is rooted in identity change first. So if we begin to see ourselves through a different lens, we have to begin to show up in the world as a different individual, different habits, different routines, different thought patterns, different belief systems. But we got to get clear on what that is. If we're currently here, at point A, struggling with a pornography addiction, and we want to get here, man, free of pornography. There's gotta be a map that we walk through. So get clear on the vision, get clear on your life. If you've been struggling for five or 10 years, what can your life be? What can you create? Who can you become? What relationships can you create in your life? What income can you go out and produce? Maybe there's a business venture. What physical health can you begin to change? What charitable service acts can you begin to walk out? If you got really, really clear, five years from now, think about it, Evan, been struggling with porn for 10 years. If for the next five years, you went 100% porn free, your eyes never placed on pornography ever again. You never touched yourself and masturbated ever again. What does your life look like in five years from now and think big, think massive. We have an yeah. incredible God partner with him here and be like, God, what do you want? And what can we co-create together? Now you have a, now you have a clear vision and aim to work towards an aim that every day you can begin to make choices and decisions in alignment with becoming that person. And because we talked about dopamine is going to be released when you take decisions and actions and correlation or in direction for who it is you're trying to become. If you paint this vision and then every day working towards, wake up and work towards becoming that man, you will get the dopamine that is needed. So that's a bigger kind of 30,000 foot kind of like higher mm -hmm. level view. Now bringing it down to like, what can you do today to actually begin to build some self-regulation and begin to build some self-control in yourself? I think of fast. And actually we fast 
before writing this assignment. So in our program, it's actually reversed. We want the men to fast for two days. So two days of no food, just water. Feel free to have some coffee. We have a bulletproof coffee recipe that we help these guys with. They really need some additional energy, but go without food for two days, not one, but two. Because I think most of us at this point in our life, if we're an adult, we've at some point been sick or maybe we've been on a big travel thing. We've probably gone 24 hours at least once in our life without it. So that's easy, but we wanna stretch ourselves because in that second day of not eating, you will get hungry. Not ravishly hungry, you wanna like chew your arm off, but there's gonna be points when your brain and body send you some signals. Hey, it's time to eat, go give us some food. We're gonna to have to learn some tools. You're gonna to have to learn some self-regulation of how do I not walk into the kitchen, open the fridge and eat. So this will carry with you though, when you're in week three, week four, and the triggers for pornography come be like, hmm, feels a lot like what it was when I was really, really hungry. So fast for two days, then paint a massive vision for the life that you wanna create and make that your clear objective every single day. Am I taking steps in the direction of becoming that man that is 100% porn free? I love it. You are living from your future self in the present. What you're doing is you're finding your future self's standards and living backwards and applying them today. Because as what you're saying is you can't, you can't live from your present to your future in the terms that, okay, who I am today will make the person that I desire to be. It's the person in the future that you desire to be will make you person who you are today. So by getting clear on your goals and your standards, and then not only applying those standards, but living up to them and creating small victories, you are creating the neurological process of rewiring your brain. Mm -hmm. Have you have you ever read the book Be Your Future Self Now? No, it's on my it's on my list though. Um, Dude, everything that you're saying is like I've read that book. I'm in my fourth time now reading awesome. this, and it's yeah, every, everything we're talking about is yeah, man, it's formulated. Yeah, I didn't invent any of these concepts, right? You know, um, been very yeah, fortunate we all on, 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 on the podcast to have some amazing neuroscientists on. Um, obviously, you know, I have a background in, in human performance and in, in personal development. Um, so all of this is 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 factually like provable oh, for sure, right? You know, from a personal development, from a growth, from a from a neuroscience level you know i think that's once again that's what makes what i've been able to do and create here truly unique to me because nobody's gonna be able to pull from all these different layers but yeah the principles for success or the principles for lasting transformational change are consistent across the board what i've been able to do um as a business or you know business owner marketer kind of understanding like productizing and things like that is i've taken Truthfully, my course, if it said nothing about pornography and it was something else that people were struggling with, if it was all about identity change. The principles would, would stay the same because once again, the, 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 the principles for lasting transformational change are consistent across the board. We've just taken them and directed them and really targeted to the men that are struggling with pornography addiction. That is awesome. Anything specific that you want to leave our audience with today before we go? Um, no, man. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you, Evan. Uh, this is, this has been, this has been really great. Um, you know, if, if there's a guy out there and he is struggling, I think we hit on it a couple of times, right? You're not alone. You know, you can look at the statistics right now, you know, somewhere between 40%, 40 to 50% of men admit to having, uh, uh, an issue with pornography that is beyond their control. 
Um, so you're so you're in the vast majority of men right now. Now I will tell you that once you begin to work through this and once you begin to take the necessary steps, now you've transitioned yourself into a minority of men because I know the numbers and I know what our views are and I know the conversations that, that are had. There are a lot of men out there right now that are still aren't willing to accept that this thing is real. So hopefully we, we got that across here today. But if you are struggling, you're not alone. Reach out. We have some great free resources. Uh, we have a lot of content, YouTube videos, podcasts, all that stuff. So there is help. Um, you're just not alone and you will be able to get through this. Where can people find you? Um, you know, Instagram is the best place to, to connect with me uh, in person. Like if you want to hear from me, have a conversation with me, find me on Instagram. It's at Coach Frank Rich. Um, our YouTube channel uh, is where we probably do the most. Um, so that's at Coach Frank Rich as well. Um, and if anybody is, you know, maybe interested in beginning to take some steps, I have a free ebook that I wrote. It's called the seven step guide to living life without porn. We walk you through that first process, right? You know, I laid out here. So, you know, the first three steps we kind of walked you through here today, but you can find that at the seven step guide.com. Awesome. Coach Frank, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Hope you have a great day. Awesome. Thank you, brother.